0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: i talked to my man, Lenny McAllister, but i got to read Karen. Maybe the smartest person that um, emails me every day. Marty, she's African-American, if it's relative. Why do people move to communities they live in? Number one, schools. Number two, no crime. Number three, shopping. Marty. I am not moving into a community that does not have what I am looking for. The sad thing about it is that everyone does not have this opportunity. They have to move where they can afford to live, and most times these communities have issues. If the community that I currently live in starts going left, I cannot move to another community. Does everyone have this choice? No. she's right. Lenny McAllister joining us. Good morning, Lenny. How are you?
2: Good morning, Kainter. How are you doing today?
1: One of the smartest men I know. Um, unbelievably talented talk host uh, uh, from the Commonwealth Foundation. Now he's the CEO of the PA Coalition of Public Charter Schools. He's conservative. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's an anomaly in this area. He's also African American and he's conservative, which I love. And he's honest as hell. I got to ask you a couple of things. First of all, I was um looking over the crime stats as we talk about George Floyd, an explosion in crime across America since his death. This is not the fallout we wanted, sir. This is not the change America wants, is it, sir?
2: No, it's not. But it's also it's, it's a bunch of things. It's not just a George Floyd um, tragic passing. It's that. It's some of the other incidents. It's the pandemic. It's the schools being shut down. It's 22 million people losing their jobs in March of 2020. It's the unemployment system in Pennsylvania breaking down in 2020. It's the presidential election. It's the January 6th insurrection it's all of those things True. all at once and unfortunately when you have people that are already on on the precipice of breaking more often than not those folks break and I'm, I'm not shocked that the numbers have spiked over the last 15 months but to your point Marty this is not the change we've been looking for and I'm hoping that we can get things back on the right track sooner than later
1: Lenny McAllister so is the answer everybody go out and get a gun in Texas you don't need a permit don't need a license don't need training no no background check the highest number of guns sold in history sir good idea or bad idea
2: i believe in the second amendment i don't own a gun and i do believe that you know if we've taken the approach that i'm scared therefore i have to defend myself and right. we think defense is just a gun we're going down the wrong path self-defense is also education it's also spirituality it's also community it's also the ability to collaborate and it's the ability to inspire and i think that too often we as scared americans to easily grab towards what we consider might versus redefining what might is. So I'm not shocked that those gun numbers continue to go up, but I'd like to see us redefine what might is so that we can be mighty, but in a different type of way so we can heal the country, not, you know, put us more on edge.
1: Lenny McAllister, the CEO of the PA coalition of public charter schools. Joining me also fantastic. A talk host, fantastic, big talent. So, in Pittsburgh, 100% increase in violent crimes, 80% increase in homicides, 48 of the 52 homicides, African-Americans. The argument is, I don't care. That's on them. I don't care. That's their communities. Is that the argument we need to stick with, sir? Is that healthy not, in America today? Not,
2: not if you're going to attract jobs, not if you're going to improve right. your schools, That's not right. if you're going to to stabilize what Pittsburgh can and should be, and not if we're going to be a 21st century leader. You know, you have to look at these communities and say what needs to be remedied in order for us to have a more vibrant middle class. And, we're, you know, we keep hearing the phrase, we're all in this together until, you know, criminal justice comes up or education or jobs, and then we find out how much together we're not really in this. We can't look at those statistics and just say, I live in Plum, you live in home, with, that's your problem. We have to say we live in the Pittsburgh metropolitan area, and, and for employers to come in here and for our kids to buy homes here in 10 to 15 years, we have to straighten this all up. And so that, that approach is wrong. We have to look at this differently. We have to look at this more inclusively.
1: I got to get you through the break because I got to ask you about charter schools. Suddenly you're the bad guys, and the governor's coming after you again today. But I got to ask you about race. So we end up with. We get, we win with. I was pleased to get, I was pleased to hear we have an African-American mayor. First ever in this town, made history, making history. Does that mean Pittsburgh is no longer a racist city, sir?
2: We still got a long way to go. I mean, I mean, you know, we thought that we were post-racial and post-partisan after Barack Obama was elected in 2008. How's that worked out over the last 10 to 15 years? Nice. So we can't, we can't be fooled into thinking that one election is going to change the trajectory that we've been on for decades. We got to hope that the policies and the leadership and the togetherness coupled with key events get us in the right direction, but we can't, you know, we can't be intoxicated in one election and think that that's going to get us over the hump. Intoxication has you going in the wrong direction, dizzy and falling over on your face. Eventually
1: Lenny McAllister, I'm an Ed Gainey fan, but he's more progressive, more left. Than the mayor was. I know you don't like <laughs> yes. that, do you, sir? You don't like that.
2: You know, I've known Ed for—I've known Ed since my freshman year at Central Catholic High
1: School, where he was a sophomore.
2: So I've—I've I've known it for years. Um, I, I can appreciate him as a person and as a history maker, but in regards to some of his policies, I really question whether or not it's going to help the people that he he wants to help. So we'll see. Everybody, candidates are one thing and then elected officials are different. He could be the same person as an elected official as mayor that he was as a state house rep and there would be challenges with that in regards to fixing the economy and fixing some of the things he wants to go after. But again, he's still a, pre- a mayor elect. He's not a mayor yet. So let's, let's take a breath and let's see what the actual policies are going to end up being once he gets into city
1: hall. His observations on race are so astoundingly spot on. So bombing gets elected the number of threats against him versus the prior president triple. And one of my boys in the Secret Service says, the racial slurs directed towards Obama, towards his wife, in public, while they were in office, disgusting. Some would argue that post-Obama and now post Gainey, folks become more racist, sir. What do you say?
2: I think they, we saw with post-Obama that they became more open about it. Those that had those views were certainly more open to it. But it's, it's, it's a dichotomy, right, Marty? One side of the dichotomy is people are more open about their racism, and you're hearing more about it in the media, and you're seeing it more in your community when you see it. The flip side is there's no way a truly racist country would ever elect a black man with a Muslim name from the south side of Chicago. Doesn't happen. Doesn't beat Hillary Clinton in the primary. let alone win the general election against the war hero. Same thing with Ed Gainey. So you have to look at the dichotomy of where we are and then challenge ourselves as a society or in this instance as a, as a city as to where we're going to go next not get caught up in the moment make it a true moment for history not just a moment in time in 2021 or you know previously in 2008.
1: Lenny McAllister honestly one of the smartest men I know he was an insanely talented talk host in Chicago I gotta ask you though about charter schools they're coming after you big time can you hang, man? i gotta, I got to ask you about this. Can yep, you hang? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just fascinating, and as luck would have it, I have my good friend Lenny McAllister with me, CEO of Coalition of Public uh, Charter Schools. Right when, and I mean the minute I get a news release from the governor saying we need massive charter school reform, <laughs> they're wasting our money, and they're going to make cuts to their funding, if they can, saving school districts and taxpayers $400 million a year. Lenny McAllister, suddenly you're the bad guys. Why is that, sir? Why?
2: Well, number one, the, the governor is it continues to blame some of the most underserved kids in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for the woes of school districts right. that have been, in some instances, not managed properly for decades. Um, people forget that the reason why charter schools came into existence is because Black and brown students across the Commonwealth were underserved in school districts for decades, going all the way back to the public school code of 1949. This governor continues to focus on a law from 1997, but doesn't think that the law from 1949, which was written with the, with the ink of redlining, should be addressed in any way, shape, or form. Now, what's disingenuous about this is the fact that the governor refuses to say that school districts collectively have over $4 billion in reserve before the pandemic True. and have had billions of dollars coming in from the federal government since the pandemic True. started. And they now want to turn and look to charter schools, a, a, a sector of our public school education. Charter schools are public schools. These are public schools where enrollment has gone up over 80% in the last decade. There's a reason why the enrollment goes up is because parents are finding satisfaction with these schools in a way they're not finding it with their school district. And it's extremely just disappointing that a chief executive, a two-term lame duck chief executive, would continue to make scapegoats out of these children. I mean, it's basically just a wolf taking sacrificial lambs and throwing them to the wind when it comes to these type of things. And it's really trying to continue to see this this governor not only blame these families and these students, but then do unlawful things such as his Charter Appeals Board, which is directly contravening what the 1997 law does. This governor likes doing things outside of the Pennsylvania Constitution, and it, it's unfortunate that he's picking on those that can't fight for themselves, which is why the coalition's there, so we can fight for them.
1: The skyrocketing cost of charter schools is draining funding from traditional public schools. It's amazing. Enforcing districts to raise property taxes not buying it Lenny are you
2: no I mean the costs are going up because like I said Marty you got 87% increase in enrollment so there's a reason why that enrollment's going up it's because those parents are looking at the school districts that they're they're in and are saying these schools have failed me they failed my mom they failed my grandmother I'll be daggone if I'm gonna let them Dale, Johnny, and Jill for a fourth generation, so they're moving them over to schools, whether it's a cyber charter school or a brick-and-mortar charter school. You get schools like City Charter High School in downtown Pittsburgh that's been an award-winning academic institution in downtown Pittsburgh. That's Are you right. saying that we should be cutting money from that school? What about Urban Academy? That was initially started by the Urban League, so you know they're taking an Afrocentric Curriculum and making sure that black kids get the academic and developmental stability that they need or Penthouse Charter School of Entrepreneurship that are teaching kids how to be business leaders in third and fourth and fifth grade. You're telling me to cut funding to those schools? That's what's disingenuous about what the governor is saying and unfortunately you would think that a term-limited politician would turn into a leader and not continue to triple down on bad politics. But that's what Governor Wolf wants to do, and that's the reason why the coalition has to stand with families and stand against some of
1: these proposed. By the way, it really is just a fluke that I had him here when that news release came out. But the timing <laughs> is perfect, quite frankly.
2: The, gov- the governor's following me around, Marty. You should just, it is what it is. That's just kind of how it is right now. He's used to, He's used to our segment laying down and just kind of getting punched in the nose. And, you know, what they're finding out is under my leadership and what we have with our coalesced charter community, over 170,000 kids strong, or roughly 170,000 kids strong, that we're simply not going to just sit back and take it anymore. We're going to stand up for our rights as, as Pennsylvanians and push for the best education and the best academic fit that these kids can get.
1: Hey, let's be honest, Lenny. This is two things. Number one, parents do not are not will not be forced to go to charter schools they're getting the hell out of horrible public schools that's a fact number two and this is the truth at the end of the day this is teachers union sir is it not
2: i would you know you can obviously say that there's an education establishment element versus you know parental empowerment and parental choice that's that's going on but i also want to say marty that maybe because of the pandemic there's an opportunity for the animosity, the toxic competition that I've been talking about throughout 2021 to start dying down, where we can start having some partnerships, we can start having some conversations so that we can start creating win-win-win scenarios where everybody can get something out of it, but we can still advance education for all kids, regardless of whether they're going to the local district school or charter school or elsewhere throughout the Commonwealth. So, although I'm, I'm again displeased to see this governor continue to triple down on on Fraudulent information and bad policy, I'm also encouraged that I think people understand the value of life and the value of education during these last two school years, and I think that we can have some emerging partnerships moving forward and do some, some things that are historic in our own right moving forward.
1: Lenny, you're saying the governor's lying. That's what you're saying, right? When the
2: governor comes out in February and says that he doesn't even know how these cyber charter schools are even spending their money, When he knows full well that every single one of these schools has to do an audit, that's accountable to their board and accountable to their authorizers, whether it's the school district or the Department of Education, that are seeing how this money is being spent. Yeah, that's disingenuous. You can call it what you like, but he either, either he's not doing his job the way he needs to when it comes to really being a fair arbiter with charter schools and everybody within public education, and he doesn't know what he needs to do, or... He is picking one side of a narrative to try to pit people against each other. And at a time where we've had over 500,000 Americans die from this pandemic, that's that's not what a chief executive of a state should be doing.
1: Lenny, you're the man. You're the best there is. You're always welcome here, man. You can come back tomorrow if you want. Thanks, brother.
2: Hey, God bless you and God bless Rob. Keep healing, my brother. I'll talk to you soon as well.